Finding your way to a balanced way of living is the key to health and happiness. Each week on Choosing the Balanced Life with Diabetes, you'll hear tips and tools for a happier and healthier life. Here's your host, Anita Westlake. So here we are in the holiday season, a time for overindulgence in food and celebration. And after it's all said and done, so many of us feel stressed and guilty about it. Meanwhile, we're just enjoying time with our family, our friends, the holidays, food, all it has to offer. And afterwards, there we go. We realize we've abandoned our healthy lifestyles. And then we struggle with this guilt and stress to get back on track to a more healthy lifestyle and way of living. So how can we enjoy the holidays and all it has to offer and not overindulge and abandon healthy habits? Well, today to share with us is my guest, Margaret Marshall. Margaret has been a leader at Weight Watchers for over 17 years. She's helped thousands of people stay on track with their diets and develop healthier eating habits. And she's authored to a book, Body, Mind, and the Mouth. Hi, Margaret. How are you today? Oh, I'm fine. How are you today, Anita? I'm great. I'm great. So you have a book that you've published called Body, Mind, and Mouth. Correct. And how did you come up with that name for your book? You know, I wrote the book, and the book is really about my experience and the people that I have worked with in the weight loss field and the healthy field healthy living, healthy eating field, whatever you want to say, clients and speaking engagements and some TV shows that I've been on. So I wrote about all those experiences and those people and how they were able to change their their lives and their thinking to make everything work better for them and their health. And I thought, what is, how can I summarize this book in three words? I gave myself three words. And it came to me that it's all about your body, mind, and mouth. It's about how how we, our mind and our mouth is connected, how it shows in our body and our health, and when it's disconnected, how it shows in our body. So it's really about the connection between your mind and your mouth and how that shows up in your body, and it starts in your mind. Wow. Now, how true is that? Right? I mean, well, I think it's very true. Sure. All of us deal with it. And especially right now with holidays ever so present and all the festivities that are going on and we want to enjoy them all, people are much more uh, gracious with their time. And uh, there's lots of food and perhaps lots of, you know, extra alcohol going on. And, And we want to have fun and we want to spend time with our family and also keep some traditions intact possibly, or, you know, maybe we shouldn't be keeping some of these traditions intact when it comes to eating. So having said that, what are some things that we can do to kind of not abandon our healthy lifestyles? Well, you know, I always believe that if you're a person who wants to care for your body and care for your health, you do that year-round. And you do that if you're home on a Wednesday evening or if it's a holiday or if you're away on vacation. So having said that, there is a difference between your eating at home, your holiday eating, and maybe your vacation eating. But right now, we'll focus in on the holiday eating. And so your eating will be different, but it doesn't have to be a wild abandonment. And so much different food comes out around the holidays, and very often oh, does we it ever. eat it. Yeah, really. <laughs> you know? We eat it because we did it in the past. But really think about how much of that food do you really love. And if you don't love it, you don't need it. The, the best thing about traditions is you can always start a new one. And that's what I try and teach my clients, that, you know, if you, you know like, like I always use the example of creamed onions on Thanksgiving. I never ate creamed onions. I, I don't, don't even like know what them. they are. What, oh, what it's, is it's a creamed onion? Onion? Heavy, it's a, onions in a heavy creamed sauce. And so I use that as my example, but everybody has something at their holiday table that, for me, for creamed onions, it reminds me of my father, who's no longer with us, but he loved creamed onions. 
onions. So it was quite a few years before I stopped making them because to me it was a tradition, was something that I didn't even enjoy. But, you know, you put it out and you eat it, but it reminded me of someone who I loved. Ah. So I had to make a new tradition. And we can do that with much of the food that comes out at the holidays. And I will never tell anyone what they can and can't eat at the holidays. I just advise my clients to rate their food from 1 to 10, 10 being their absolute favorite, 1 being their least favorite, and then choose their 8, 9s, and 10s. And anything rated under an 8 is mediocre, or you can have it any other day. So leave it out for the holidays. Well, I eat the food that you really love. I like it you said leave it for another day because I have to tell you I have clients and uh, during the holiday time, everything is an 8, 9, 10. Uh, meaning I think they're mindlessly eating and they're seeing everything in front of them. And maybe they're not even rating it correctly, but it seems to right. be a lot of trouble in the sweet department. So butter tarts, cookies, um, you know, fudge. And it's all, most of the time it's homemade, but they really have a hard time pushing away and saying, no, thank you. Yeah. Um, well, I have two thoughts on that. Can I share both of them? Oh, please do. <laughs> oh, we need it, right? How do we combat this? Through. Number one, when it comes to sweets, our bodies are accustomed to, our bodies crave what it's accustomed to having. So the more sweets you give it, the more it's going to crave the sweets. So you have to get in control of the sweets. I'm not saying don't have it. Do have it if it's what you want, but make sure you're the one in control and not the sweet. And when the sweets become in control, it means you're having too much of them. So, again, you could rate your sweets, and when you say, you know, everything is an 8, 9, and 10, if you really think about it, again, I can only go to my example. If you really think about it, like blueberry pie is a 10 for me, but, you know, maybe um, apple pie is a so it doesn't mean I don't like it, but if blueberry pie is available, I'm going to go for the blueberry pie. So that was my, that was my um, one thought. And then I had another thought, of course, I knew it would leave my mind. It'll come back. It'll come back. Well, you know, how about this? What if you, uh, what if blueberry, apple, and pecan were all, you know, on top, top three? I mean, they're all equal in 10. And you saw them there. What about taking a third of a slice and a third of a slice and a third of a slice to make one slice? And now you've had a little bit of all three. But then we have to stop. But that's that's you being in control of the sweets and not the sweets in control of you if you can stop. That's perfect. I think that's perfect. So it's recognizing that, okay, wait a minute, I've gone overboard or I am going overboard. There's that slippery slide. Is there a little something that we can draw back or fall back on to bring ourselves in the moment saying, okay, wait a minute, I'm overdoing it. Is there maybe something that we can remind ourselves or a little, little, let's say, a strategy to say, okay, stop? See, I knew it would come back to me. This is what I was going to say. This was my second thing. You had said that sometimes we have to say what we don't say or want to say, no thank you to a food. I always think if you say, and I, and I teach my clients this too, you're not really saying no thank you to the food. You're saying, you're saying yes to yourself. So if, if it's food, food you're pushing away saying, no, I'm not going to have that right now, you're really saying yes to me. So I think if you can change that perspective, because the food is there, it's tangible, it's available, but your goals kind of get uh, invisible at the moment. So saying no to a food really means saying yes to you. And so if we can just change that mindset and, and put ourselves in the, in the situation that we're not saying no, we're saying yes. And, you know, it's really um, about a mindset because as you're saying that, a few things are popping in my brain at the moment saying, well, we go somewhere and we're at Aunt Sally's, right? And she's put a lot of time and effort into putting this food out and making, you know, just a lovely spread. 
and there's that pressure. Oh, did you try the uh, cake? Oh, did you have some of those mashed potatoes? Oh, I, you know, this gravy is so wonderful. I had it at Thanksgiving and now I'm putting it out at Christmas and you'll love it. You have to have some. And you can fall prey to that. You want to please them. And knowing the efforts they went through in creating, you know, these lovely dishes. And it is the holidays and you're having a lovely time. You know, there's that that pressure to say yes. And they're not meaning to throw you off your healthy lifestyle. They're trying to make you feel welcome and share. And they're enthusiastic about what they've created. And here you have a struggle. Yeah, and you know, so many people have that issue at the holidays, especially. And, um, you know, food is love. And people and family members and loved ones are going to show you how much they love you by the food that they serve you. So when someone, and especially if it's someone that you love right back, if someone says to you, oh, I made this just for you, or I know you love this, so I made this for you. And if it's your choice to eat it, then it's your choice to eat it. But if it's not, I don't believe, maybe other people might have a different opinion, I don't believe you can say to somebody, oh, no, thank you, I'm watching my weight, or no, thank you, I'm watching what I'm eating. What I have learned to do and what I teach my clients to do is say, oh, thank you, that looks marvelous. Thank you, that looks great. Maybe a little later. But first, thank them, because if you don't, you're kind of cutting off their love. If it's your choice not to eat it, make sure you show them how much you appreciate it. And the words that roll off my tongue that have become easy because many years of practice is, thank you so much, maybe a little later. You know, that's the second thing I try and teach my clients and try and get them to think. Because it is a difficult thing. It is from love, right? It's a very difficult thing. It's all about love. It really is. Nobody, you know... I'll have clients whose family are so happy that they're trying to take care of their weight, but at the holidays they become food pushes. And so it's really a mixed And it's a powerful drug. Get. It's very powerful. But I also try and teach my clients that if you eat everything you want to eat and then you eat everything somebody else wants you to eat, you're going to gain your weight and you're going to gain their weight. So the choice always has to be yours. Wow, that's a marvelous point because you are. You're you're eating what you want to do, and if you're also eating to please them, that is a double right. duty. Mm-hmm. You know, right. and, and it should be your choice, and we are all in command of that. We should be able to choose what we want to eat, but being very mindful and respecting our bodies and what we're taking in. Right, exactly. It's all about the respect for your own body. Absolutely. Good you know, point. it's... It's funny because I I had a pendulum situation at one point in my life where, um, you know, my mindset was I'm, you know, I'm going in to a family event, lots of food, and there was always lots and lots of food. And, oh, Anita, uh, would you like to try, you know, uh, but these butter tarts that I made? And I love butter tarts. I have to tell you, it's a something that I'm okay. really drawn to. But... I am a type 1 diabetic. So as they would say this to me, and they would even make mini ones, you know, so it wasn't too bad. They weren't full-blown mammoth tarts. But they would say, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I forgot, Anita, you're a diabetic. You can't have really anything here. Before you knew it, I'd think, well, wait a minute, that's not quite true. I can have what I want as long as I balance my medication with, you know, um, with what I'm eating and I keep activity in the back of my mind if I'm going to be active at any point in time, you know, during the eating or after the eating. And here, here, I wanted it. Initially, I could have pushed myself away from that tart. But as soon as they said, well, you can't have any of that, I found myself telling a story on why I could and then I wanted it. (laughs) Which was ridiculous. You know, and and in many of my presentations, when we I talk about that topic, that exact topic, I always use the example: if you have a little two-year-old and you tell your two-year-old not to touch the electric plug, what's the first thing they want to do? They want to go touch that electric plug. It's really in our minds because I, I had to fight to say, okay, yeah. I almost prove a point. Well, see, I can have some of this and I can have some of that, and I'm okay. Right. 
Meanwhile, I really, I, I wouldn't have touched it had this not been almost pushed Isn't away. And yeah. almost, you know, let's go hide it from Anita. <laughs> you know? Right, right. Off limits. Right. Off limits to you. So mm-hmm. I think part of it is is allowing ourselves the choice and feeling empowered that we can say yay or nay. And even right. if someone, the... you know, I'm sorry, if someone has the... Um, the mindset where you can't have it or they're governing what you're taking in. They've made that, you know, that, that decision to help you out. Um, keep in mind, again, I think it's from love. You know, it is, and, and but that, again, works against people when they have a, a spouse or a parent or a friend who says, oh, should you really be eating that? Because what happens most often is what you just said. Now they want it more. So often what I'll say to my clients is you have to remember those comments are coming, again, they're coming from love and concern. The intent is good. The delivery stinks. Oh, yeah. So forget <laughs> the delivery for a moment and go to the intent. And, and sometimes you have to disconnect the way they say it and what they say. And, um, and just realize that the intent is really pure. And, and that's so true, right? Because it's hard enough for, for us to push ourselves away when we have all these lovely, you know, lovely times. We want to enjoy the festivities. Um, and, of course, you're talking, and then we start to eat. And we forget, I think, a lot of times what we're consuming while we're enjoying the company that we're with. Right, right. You know? I always um, advise people to, if they're going to eat, sit. Make sure you're seated. You know, if you walk around eating and munching, it's very mindless. But if you take, if you're at a buffet or a cocktail party, take what you're going to eat, sit, eat it, and then get up and socialize again. Because that's a much more mindful way to eat the food through the holidays. And, um, and you don't lose track of what you're eating because it's very purposeful. Ah, so you have to get up, make a choice, put it and on your plate. Sure Come back, and sit down, sit and somewhere. eat it. Mm-hmm. And so what I try and get, uh, and myself and my what I try and get them to the point where if they're standing and eating, it's unnatural for them that they look to sit. And that helps while they're cooking their own meals for their holidays, too. If you want to taste something, sit down and taste it, and then go back to cooking so that you're not just cooking and putting all these tastes in your mouth. And um, it works. Wow. I mean, that's a really great tip. Because we can we can fall into that trap so easily, tasting everything. You know, you're cutting even cheese. You're cutting up cheese for a cheese tray, and you could be eating gosh knows how much cheese as you're cutting right. it up. You know, as you're anything, making the right? dip, as you're even down to small little things like that, and you're tasting it all the time. And before you know it, right. you know, then then you start to eat it when you have your guests show up. Right, you've had a whole party already by yourself. I mean, that's like Costco and all the samples. And I'm using Costco oh, yeah. because I call that lunch. <laughs> I could go there and have, so, you think, oh, it's just a little sample. But, you know, you have 15 or 20 of them. And there right. is so probably more than what I would eat at lunch. What you would. And, and if it's unnatural for you to stand and eat, you would never stop at those stations. Oh, see, that's a wonderful tip. I like that. So sit down when you're making something. Don't just don't keep trying it. Take it somewhere. Right, sit it down. Un- make it unnatural for yourself. And if you wanted to taste something at Costco, you taste it. And they have benches there. Go sit on a bench, eat it. You're going to enjoy it if you're sitting. If you're just putting it into your mouth and running, you're not really even enjoying it. So, you oh, know, and it's so, messy. So anyway, that's and, one uh, of the tips I always give my clients through the holiday season, and hopefully, it, you know, it continues on into the new year and throughout the year. So what can what is maybe a strategy we can say to ourselves not to put off starting a healthy lifestyle when holidays approach or even vacations? Well, I hear people say all the time, well, after my vacation or after the holidays, you know, I'm going to start uh, making the effort to eat in a better way and to exercise more. And then something else comes up, maybe a big birthday right. party or another get-together right. or, you know, then all kinds of holidays, we, we're always going to have gatherings, barbecues. There'll be occasions to stop you always. Right. Well, when someone says, I'm going to wait, <laughs> to, I hate to um, wait to eat healthier, wait for whatever, 
I always say, why? Why? You know, it has to be who you are, not what you're doing. If it's temporary, it's what you're doing. It will be short-lived, and there's 365 days a year to make an excuse to overeat. So you either make excuses or you make it happen. So the more you practice having a healthy lifestyle, the more it will be inbred in you, and it will just become natural. But you need to practice that through every holiday, every party, every get-together, and each time is just practice for the next time. So rather than say, I'll wait till January 1st or, you know, I've been in the weight loss business for 30 years and there's, of course, a spike in clients in January. And then oh, yeah. another one as spring, yeah, as spring rolls around and then another one as September rolls around. But my most successful clients, it makes no difference what month of the year it is. They're practicing through every month of the year, and, and they just keep getting better and better and better at making choices and taking care of themselves. And that's, you know, when you really think about it, that's so true. Why would we just, you know, in other words, we realize we have just done um, not some wonderful things to ourselves during the holidays, but now it's January 1st, and I'm going to start taking care of myself like it's a gift. Well, wasn't that gift worth giving prior to January the 1st? And as you said, right. on a continual basis. Right. And, you know, the truth is you'll enjoy your holidays so much better if you're not loaded down with all this heavy food. You'll enjoy your vacation so much better when, when you're not loaded down with all these heavy food. You sleep better. Your mood is better. You're nicer to other people. So, And it all comes back to your eating. Previous podcast... Um, with a nutritionist I had on Rose, she was tweaking recipes with me. And I found that you could really, literally, tweak anything to be healthier. No, I was going to say there's many ingredients that can be changed into uh, different recipes. So yeah. maybe, you know, you keep some of the traditions, but we can make them healthier. And that mm -hmm. way, you know, even in having some, that doesn't mean we have to eat triple the amount or anything like right. that. But it's another step towards a healthy lifestyle. Right. But you can make them healthier and still very tasty. Oh, I couldn't believe I, I did make chocolate pudding and I used avocado. I'll see that. And I thought, no way, you've got to be joking. And so I made it. It was wonderful. It really was. Excellent. And so now um, when I make chocolate pudding and I have gas, I serve it. I'm not even going to tell them. Now, if they have a food allergy, of course, I always ask if people have food allergies, right. you know, for various reasons. But right. that will be my norm. And we can make see? those things our norm. Right. So, right. And you know, like you said, we still have to watch the quantity that we eat, though, regardless of how we make the food. Oh, it comes down to uh, quantity in such a big way. Um, I have friends that are on weight programs, and, of course, they have diabetes. And so they get these sugar-free chocolates. And they think, oh, hallelujah, I am going to eat a box. <laughs> you know. And I think, well, wait a minute here. It says sugar-free, so maybe it's a little lower in sugar, but... Turn that box uh, around, and what is the fat content? Right. Or Just, artificial sweeteners in it, too. Which is not healthy at all. So, you nope. know, a healthier choice doesn't mean let's eat a lot more of it. Now, it's different if you're adding vegetables where you didn't have them before. But it doesn't mean, oh, great, I can make chocolate pudding from avocado. And so now, instead of, you know, a, a regular size serving, let's say, I'm going to eat the entire bowl. Right. Right. And, you know, there are studies that suggest, and I can't think of the studies right off the top of my head, but suggest that at least in America, that Americans are heavier, heavier people since all of these diet products came onto the market. And so that's within the maybe the last 30, 35 years because people just ate these products like they could eat without, you know, control and they've gotten heavier and heavier. So um, there's lots of studies about that. It's funny that you say that because you, I, I hear that often from people. Well, I have sugar-free pop, I, even my, you know, condiments like jams and different things. Down to that, they're all sugar-free. And then they right. wonder, why am I eating it? Like a jar of it sometimes in some cases. Right. And I'm wondering, 
Well, you want you crave something sweet. There's a reason why because I find the artificial sweeteners are so much sweeter than regular sugar or right. honey or anything like that. Um, but the other point is, are we actually feeding our bodies? Maybe that's why we're hungry. No, we're not. When we're eating too much of that food, we're not nourishing our bodies. And if your body is not nourished, it's going to continue to look to eat. And and if you just keep giving it that same food again, you're still not nourishing your body. You know, I wrote in my book that the cornerstone to weight loss, I'm going to use the word weight loss, is knowledge, practice, and patience. And without patience, there's no practice. So you need to have a knowledge that works the best for you. And then you need to continue practicing it and have the patience to go the distance. Well, what is this saying? Um, you don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. Right, right. So yes. there, you know, some little, uh, some steps, little steps, like you said, practice along the way. And, and, and having patience within ourselves to know that every day we're not going to be perfect in our management of our lifestyles and in embracing a healthy lifestyle including activity. And and do you talk about that in your book, adding some activity around the holidays? I do. I, I do uh, well, not in my book, not so much around the holiday, but I do have a whole chapter on, on activity or um, movement. I call it end action, dot, 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 end action. And it talks about how important it is, if you really want to be healthy, how important it is to have some kind of action or, or activity or movement into your day and how to get started slowly and, and keep it going throughout your life and, and not get injured. But I also post for the Huffington, I also blog for the Huffington Post and I just recently put up Holiday Eating Survival Guide and um, the extra, another blog about the extra calories that come out at the holidays. And because the studies show that a Thanksgiving meal with appetizers, dinner, and dessert is, is about 4,500 calories. Oh, you're joking. So, you know, <laughs> no, so how, how often are we going to do that to ourselves? So activity needs to play a part in that. But what I do warn people against doing is exercising to excess so that they can eat to excess. It, there has to be a balance between now, both so your many exercise people do and your that. eating. So many yeah, people do that. So why do you caution that? Why is that not a good thing? I, I'm just, You're I'm just curious. not going to win. You're not going to win with that. You know, um, you, first of all, if you're going to exercise a little more or, or more on a holiday week, that's fine. But if that's your lifestyle, exercising to excess, to eat to excess, that is certainly not a healthy lifestyle. And if you're looking for a healthy lifestyle, you're going about it the wrong way. So there has to be a balance between that. So in other words, you're saying, okay, if you want to exercise a little bit more, knowing that your intake might be slightly different, and I'm going to use the big and capitals slightly different, um, (laughs) hopefully, then, you know, that's okay. Or maybe you're just a little more active. Maybe you're, you're just a little more active because you've got a little more time during the holidays in the way that maybe time off work. Um, in that way, some, you know, days right. off, but you're saying don't get in the habit of, okay, you know it what? I want ch- right. I don't, I want to have a chocolate bar. So I'm going to get on the treadmill and burn off whatever the chocolate bar is worth in calories and think it's okay right. to do that. And think it's okay because you're really not, you're not doing your body any good with by that. You know, I'm not saying the exercise is bad. Excessive exercise is not a good thing. But I'm not saying exercise is bad, but giving yourself that chocolate or whatever it is on a constant basis, there's no knowledge there. You're not, you know, when I said knowledge, practice, and patience, you have to have the knowledge that that is not going to work for your body. Well, you know, I, you know we're talking about, go ahead. <laughs> so many, so many people do that. I When I, I go know. to the gym, I hear that all around me. Oh, I ate this and it was so many calories, but you know what? I'm burning it all off now. And they're actually right. looking at what they're burning. And oh, I then know. tomorrow I'm going to have this to eat, but that's okay. I can have all this because I'm going to come to the gym first and do a big workout. And then, you know, then it's all right. Now, I guess, as I you said, that. on occasion, but that could be something that a lot of people adopt on a regular basis. Mm. Yeah. 
And I think they fool themselves by doing that. And and I think it's sad. I think it's sad if that's the way you have to think about your eating. Well, you know, not only that, but it's not healthy. Like, what are you eating on a regular basis that you have to go right. on a treadmill and burn it off? Right, right, right. Exactly. Exactly. I think, you know, what a great thing to bring forward um, that so many people fall into that trap, mm-hmm. thinking that they, you know, I'm going to get on the treadmill or I'm going to go for a walk or I'm going to do ABC to burn off this so I can eat it. Right. Now, what about the ones that, food. well, and that, it is all bad food if you have to do yeah. that. But what right. about the people that starve themselves? <clears throat> Pardon me. So now they've gone and they've had, okay, we're going to use Thanksgiving dinner. And they've had this huge meal. And so, oh, I'm not going to eat for two days. And now, it doesn't mean they're not going to eat for two days, but they're not going to eat very much at all the next day. And there's lots of people that do that. There are. And that's on my holiday eating survival guide as well. And plus, I was on a morning news show um, here in the New York area last week, and I was I talked about that because if you feel that you ate more on a holiday, and then the next day or the next two days you cut back so low, your body is going to overeat again. It's going to look to overeat again. So I always suggest to people, and and it's on my holiday guide, that the day after the holiday and from there on in, you go back to your normal eating regardless of what you ate on the holiday because if you don't and you cut back too far, you are almost guaranteed to overeat again in another day or two. So you're sabotaging yourself, really? Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely, and I think for people who do that, if they really stop to think about it, because now two days later they're disconnected from the holiday, but if they really stop to think about it, they would say, wow, that's what I do. (laughs) And then they say, oh, I'm yo-yoing. That you're yo-yoing because you're doing all these crazy things to your body. And they really are doing all these crazy things to their body, and that's probably where they'll have some maybe leftovers, and they didn't eat much, and then all of a sudden, a certain hour of the day hits, and you give in, and you just, you go crazy. You never stop, yeah. And it's just endless eating. Well, I didn't eat all day. Well, okay, um, so now you didn't eat all day, and you've just consumed 4,000 calories, but in your mind, you didn't. Again, absolutely, again, being the big word, but in your mind, you didn't, because you didn't eat all day. Right, right. Well, you know, before, I'm 58 now, but when I was 30, I went from a size 16 to a size 10, and I've held a size 10, and I'm 5'7", so I'm tall, I'm a big person, you know, I'm tall. I held five size 10 from the time I was 30 till now, 58. But before I took control of my eating, that's exactly what I did. I would say, wow, I haven't eaten all day. But there was always an empty cake box in the garbage. So <laughs> I, I didn't that. pay attention to it, but that was all I ate. And I'd think at dinner, wow, I haven't eaten all day. And then I'd overeat all night because I was eating uh, whatever it was during the day, cake box or something that just was not nourishing me at all. And by the time I ate really, you know, real food in the evening, I just didn't stop. And once I connected to that and said, this, this has to stop. This, you know, I have to change this. Yeah, um, yeah. So you should be eating throughout the day. Absolutely eating throughout the day. I say eat every three to four hours. Well, it's funny um, because even people living with diabetes fall into the same trap. If you're on multiple injections, depending on your, you know, your medications, you can give insulin or whatever your choice is, regardless of that, pre-meals. So some people will say, well, I don't want to overeat and I don't want to take, um, you know, a lot of medication. So I'm going to wait and not eat all day. And, and that doesn't hurt me because, you know, my sugars will be okay and I'm not having to give as much medication. And then I'll just eat in the evening. Well, again, you still fall prey to what everyone else does and you overeat. And let's face it, no matter what, who you are, what health condition you have, we should be loving and taking care of ourselves. Absolutely. Regardless of our size, regardless of our statue in life or, you know, relationships, you need to take care of yourself. 
And it's funny, I think to myself, having hear that, would you do that? And I'm saying you do that. If you're a parent, would you do that to your child? You're not allowed to eat all day now. <laughs> but now I'm right. going to give you five cookies and some pudding. And then uh, we're going to carry those chips over to the TV. Yeah. But you haven't eaten all day, so all this is okay. <laughs> right. Never. Never. <laughs> we wouldn't do that. We would not do Never. that to our children. So why are we doing it to ourselves? Mm, good question. Why? And, that, and that's, you know, when people ask me that, that's what I ask them back. Why? What, what are you getting from this? <laughs> Where is this leading you? Why? And, and very often they'll say, yeah, I don't know. I don't, have, I don't have an answer. And I'll say to them, well, if you had a guess at your answer, what would your guess be? And immediately they have an answer. So, um, and, and it could be that they're angry at something or their life is not the way it wants to be or they don't like the way they look or one of their kids gives them stress, whatever it is. Once I ask them, well, if you had to guess your answer, what would it be? The answer just comes. So it's something they're always holding back on, I find. And don't you think part of the holiday struggle is lack of planning? I think it could absolutely be lack of planning. I also think it's lack of time. And I also think there's a lot of stresses that come out in the holidays that um, that we might not have throughout the year. You know, December could be the most fun and festive time of the year. It also could be the loneliest and saddest time of the year. And it can go anywhere on that spectrum. So, um, so I think both ends of that spectrum affect the way we eat and the way we treat ourselves through the holidays. It's funny, um, you know, when you say lack of time, so we're, you know, that's a big part of I, I, what I do is plan. So I know, okay, I could be in the mall, you know, picking up various things um, for several hours, never mind time to park. You know, that's a whole other situation onto right. itself, you know. And then finding right. the car when I'm done. <laughs> Remember right. where I parked it. There's no dementia here, but it's that overwhelming. And so I try to have a plan for eating. Because there you can go a long period of time of being rushed and not eating or grabbing something not wise choices at the mall that just right. smells good and it draws us. And we think, oh, you know. I need something now. And, you know, maybe planning our time, even uh, a strategy, maybe bringing snacks with us. Is that something? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, in the malls, when you have those aromas, you have those oh. aromas purposely. That's being all done purposely. That's all marketing to get you to come to their stand. So, you know, I always live by, I need to eat every three to four hours. So if I know I'm going to be there longer, I need to have something with me that I can eat. And so that the aromas are not strong, so that I don't feel weak, so that, you know, I don't have diabetes, but you still feel that sugar low at times, or, you know, you know, you feel a little shaky at times. Um, so I, if I know I'm going to be longer than that, I always have something with me that I can just eat quickly. It doesn't have to be a meal. It just has to be enough to um, get me back to where I'm going to be eating and so that I don't grab something at the mall. Well, or anywhere, anywhere. Well, that's it. And, you know, just think you know what you're putting in your body, how it was made, where it came from. You're saving some money. I mean, whatever works for us to change the way we're thinking and to promote some planning, um, it's a great idea. And when it comes to this overeating, diabetic or not, we all have the same effects from food. It's just that much more apparent when you are living with a, a chronic illness like diabetes. It's just that more apparent. You experience a low blood sugar. You get a little shaky. You know you have to eat. You're not feeling yourself. But for diabetic, that would show up slightly different. But at the end of the day, it comes from not eating enough, from not right. being in balance, from you know walking around the mall for three to four hours and having nothing in us and having and respecting that you've done you know, that much more activity. You're walking the mall and you haven't right, eaten, right? Right. right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and we think, well, there's nothing wrong with this. I can go so long without food. Oh, and I need to lose a few pounds anyways. But that doesn't equal health. 
No, no, it's not the balance that you're looking for. And so that's why I say if you can practice all year being a healthier person, a healthier individual, when it comes to holiday time, vacation time, birth time, birthday time, whatever, you're, you're that healthier person. It's, it becomes inbred in you. It becomes who you are, and it's no longer what you're doing. So if you're doing a, a diet, you know, a prescribed diet or a diet, you know, where you go, walk to a center and you join a diet, Oh, you I can hate walk that away word. That. <laughs> you can walk Four away from word, that and, <laughs> and overeat, you know. Um, but when it's who you are, when it's who you are, you just think of ways to do it. You know, and as you were speaking, I thought to myself, if I know I'm going to be away for any length of time and not able to get to something good to eat, I always have nuts and raisins on me. I just always have them on me. So this way, that's protein coming in, and it's a little bit of the iron from the raisins, and it just works for me. I'm not saying that will work for everybody, but you have to find what works for you. And don't you find that when you start you know, putting these things into practice and being more mindful of what we're eating in our bodies and loving ourselves, that we are far more in tune in what our body needs? Yes, absolutely. You start to hear the messages that your body gives you instead of silencing them. Too many people silence the messages that their body gives you. And once you're in tune with what your body needs, you become in tune with what your life needs. And you learn to make different choices within your life that you may not be happy with if you're not happy with your body. So it all kind of goes hand in hand. So maybe that cake that you're eating because you didn't eat all day or whatever these um, large amounts of unwise choices in abundance equal not loving yourself and not realizing that you're not loving yourself and you're not embracing um, what your body needs. Right, right. And I don't think we stop to, you know, again, I'm speaking generally. I don't know if we stop to think we don't love ourselves. You know, I think we beat ourselves up a lot for reasons that are unfounded. And I also, what I say to my clients, everything you eat is either going to nourish your body or abuse your body. So put it in those two categories. Oh, now that's that very be, good. I like that. Yeah, that might be a little severe, but it gets them to think, is this nourishing my body or is this abusing my body? And do I want to nourish it or do I want to abuse it? And again, some of our language reflects, I think, on, um, you know, what we're doing without realizing it. I hear all the time, oh, I went off the rails. I'm so terrible. Oh, I just hate myself. I went out and I ate all this food and my sugars went up because in a lot of cases beyond, you know, weight, I I deal with diabetics. But I hear the same thing from people who don't have diabetes that would like to embrace a healthier lifestyle. And they beat themselves up so much that I'm telling you, if I was their boss in the workplace, they would bring some kind of, I don't know, charge against me (laughs) for abuse in the workplace. (laughs) Right. It's amazing what your self-talk does to you. And then you start to believe it. And then once you start to believe it, you start to live it. It's it's incredible. I, I just spoke with mm-hmm. someone yesterday who said these very things to me. And I thought at the end of the conversation, I was silent for a second. And I said to her, gee, you know, I really like you. And she said, what are you talking about? I said, well, the person you just told me about is somebody just terrible. But I think you're wonderful. And I really like you. Oh, how do you like that? Wow. And she yeah. stopped and she thought about it for a minute. And she laughed. But... You know, it just occurred to me, the person that you're talking about describing, it just sounds awful. And that is not who you are. So you had a bad day. Let's not carry that bad day into tomorrow and the next day and the next day and have a bad month. And then before you know it, you have a bad six months and you have a bad year. And then New Year's happens and now we're going to change our lives. How about you just give yourself a break? And like you said so beautifully, have patience. Right. Baby steps and understand we are human. Mm-hmm. Wow. And we need to create some space around that and, and cut ourselves a break. And I mean, talk about kids in school bullying. And yet the way we'll talk about ourselves, especially when it comes to eating and body image and our health and what are doing, what we're doing to ourselves is incredible. Right. 
Right, and they say most bullies don't like themselves. If you read up on the studies of it, they don't like themselves. And how true is that? And so when we are, so, in, in essence, bullying ourselves when we're, we're doing, doing that. Ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I talk in my book, too, about um, as I was growing up with four brothers, I had four, I have four brothers, but growing up with my four brothers, they nicknamed me Margaret, Margaret, the big fat target. So I believed that for too long. I believed that for 30 years. I believed that. And it was once I said, this is not who I am. This is not what I want to be. And I gave myself three new names, which was um, Graceful Feminine and Graceful Feminine and I can't think of the third one now. But um, And I thought to myself, I'm going to start living those three words, feminine, graceful, and elegant, feminine, graceful, and elegant. And I'm going to start living those three words. So I went from being Margaret, Margaret, the big fat target, to graceful, elegant, and feminine. And everything changed. That's when I was able to take care of myself. And it wasn't just about weight, I would hope. I hope that seeped into just oh, living a healthy life. Like, yeah, And right. when you do that, weight isn't present. And you can be slim. <clears throat> Pardon me. You can be slim. But what about your hair and your nails and your skin and how you feel and, and your mood? Mm-hmm. All that. It's not just about your size. No, no. And, and it really starts with your thinking. And I have another blog on the Huffington Post's um, grocery shop for lasting beauty. And it talks about all of the food that helps your skin, that helps your hair, that I don't think I went into nails, ha- hair, skin, and teeth, and, um, and all the food that will help that. And it's all natural food. It's not supplements and not cleanses and not shakes. It's all regular food that you can buy in your grocery store. And how easy is that? That's so easy. So, Stop to think about it. We don't, and it's so easy, and we have to eat anyway, so why not eat <laughs> for health so that we look great and we're not having to buy a $400 bottle of cream and some miracle gosh knows what to, to look better. We can just feed our bodies and love ourselves or start loving ourselves, keeping, our, as you said, the mind and body healthy. Right. Because it does affect our moods, our eating and overeating and stress and how people perceive us and how we perceive ourselves. Mm -hmm. Right. So I like that. So all that time you lived in that reality. And so even for holidays, that must have been stressful because there's all this food and all these traditions. And here you're getting teased by your own family. Did you find yourself falling prey to overeating even more so in the holidays? Um, if I, well, I'm thinking back 28 years, of course, but I, um, I wouldn't even leave it to the holidays. I would say year round, year round. If you believe that's who you are, that's who you are, you know? So I would say I would go from overeating to not eating to try and prove them wrong, but then I would just overeat again. So, um, and I write about this in my book, but that's, that's so in the past to me. Just so in the past. A lifetime ago. But the reality is, yeah, the reality is it's all about how, as you just said, you perceive yourself and you will treat yourself the way you perceive yourself and other people will treat you the way you perceive yourself. So you're in control. You're in the driver's seat there. And you are in control. And it's funny. um, So... Going back to that little uh, bit that I shared about the family members said, oh, Anita, you can't have any of this because they're sweet and you're a diabetic. And, of course, there was this reaction that I just wanted everything. And then I found myself falling into the trap to explain myself. Well, I'm not having this because I have diabetes and, you know, I manage. And before I knew it, I was giving like a little mini talk speech about diabetes and then I was the diabetic at different occasions and so finally I realized why do I find this necessary I know I'm a diabetic and whether I choose to tell them or not is is fine depending on the relationship but I can choose what I eat and I don't need to give a sermon or I don't need to be preaching I just have chosen not to eat certain things because I don't like the way I feel I want to be healthy and that's the name of the game. 
That's right. And, and I always tell my clients that don't go into detail. It's, it's nobody's business what you put into your body. <laughs> the less said, the better. Because at least when it comes to weight loss, the more you explain yourself, the more you're saying to somebody, just twist my arm and I'll eat it. So the less said, the better. They try and, you know, get you to eat it and you're trying not to eat it. And the, the less said, the better. So absolutely, I agree with you 100%. It's amazing. I was at a, um, a sporting event uh, not long ago and there was a fellow there um, that, you know, his girlfriend was trying to get him to eat different things and I could see him struggling and somebody said, well, go ahead and try some, you know, why don't you have these wings? And he said, I have lost a hundred pounds and I am trying really hard to keep on uh, my regimen of eating healthy. And so I guess he was really drawn to these wings, but before you know it, that's all they talked about all night. And they were trying to almost as a challenge, encourage him to eat everything. Is that right? And I couldn't believe it. I thought, this man has just lost 100 pounds. And even his girlfriend was in on it. And it was so amazing to me, you know, the excuses that were coming out. Well, you know what? It's a night out. You don't do it all the time. Go ahead. But he knew his limitation. And he said, Mm. no, you know what? I'm not doing it because that's not the way I'm eating anymore. And I thought, bravo, good for you. So in the holidays and... And does it, as you said, it doesn't matter vacation, whenever it is, there is no bad time to embrace a healthy, balanced lifestyle. Right. And there's always a good time. It's always a good time. So true. And, and really some wonderful tips and strategies, changing our perception and taking snacks with us when we're, I mean, we are, we're just so busy during the holidays and we want to be a part of festivities, but we're out shopping too long. Remember to eat. Don't starve yourself in between. And, in, in, but enjoy the holidays in a healthy way on your terms. Exactly. I love exactly. it. I'll be getting a copy of your book, Margaret. <laughs> Oh, good. <laughs> Thank you for joining me today. And we'll Thank talk again soon. Me. Well, it was my pleasure, absolutely. Thank you, Anita. So some great tips on how not to abandon our healthy life habits during the holidays, vacations, um, at any special occasion or party. It's really all about knowledge, practice, and patience. And having a healthy attitude towards your food, your food choices, and our portion size. And remember, there's never a wrong time to start healthy habits. Thank you for joining me today. You can email me at anita at anitacoach.ca with any questions or short stories you would like to share. And follow me on Twitter at Anita Westlake.